It is the Fight Game Podcast with me, Double G, and John LaRocca. And John, before we get into this uh, wacky world of professional wrestling, <laughs> your kids... Now, you have two kids who are pretty much like... I'm sure that they had some lists out for Santa. Like, they knew exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, probably... You know, ranked them. This is this is first best. <laughs> what about the what about the baby of the family? Like, uh, how 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 does she did, does she know what she wants Santa to bring her for Christmas? Um, usually, it's right now. It's anything Disney princess still <laughs> Frozen. I already, my sister, my oldest sister, she sent like these these two huge boxes. You know, because they're not going to be here for Christmas. So she sent the presents early and FedEx drops them off. And I'm like, all right. You know, told the kids to get back. I got to put this in the garage. You know, oh, don't. And, 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 and as I put one of the boxes down in here, let it go. <laughs> let it go. I was like, oh, man. So I'm like, no, we got another one of those things going on. So, so. awesome. Yeah. So, but luckily they weren't in here and I was in the garage. I put it down. So, frozen has a long shelf life man dude that's gonna it's it's gonna go for a while she likes moana too she's into moana yeah i've heard uh, i've heard those rock songs uh the songs by the rocks character many many times yeah yeah maui yeah it she's into that kind of stuff uh the oldest chloe she's into um hatchimals or some kind of thing or like it's some kind of thing or just i don't know it just like like a potion and things come out of a, a thing and that's the stuff that, where you like soak it in water and then or yeah or something and it cracks and it opens up and it peers like this mat yeah she's into that kind of stuff right now still and um hunter or just anything superhero star wars ish kind of stuff like that um i know he got uh he wanted the uh even though he didn't watch the show but he just saw the he saw the commercial for it the droid from Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. Lola. Mm-hmm. So he we we got him one of those. So or oh Santa. yeah, that's that's a interesting little little toy there. Yeah, Le- yeah. Leia, Leia's little uh, little companion. Yeah, I believe there's a talking Grogu for two of them. One for Chloe, one for Hunter. Because I was my mom was gonna get for Hunter. I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to get two because these kids are gonna these kids are spoiled, man. I can't believe it. They're, it's like. Ugh, I can't believe all the stuff they're gonna get. You know, that's not even from us. I'm just saying from like you know, the grandparents. Yeah, and stuff, totally. You know? I, I asked this to uh, Andrew Zarian on on uh, We're Live, pal. Do you remember any uh, gifts, Christmas gifts that you got that were pro wrestling related back in the day? Uh, the WrestleMania board game. No way. Yeah, I got that. Was it like a trivia game or? It's like I know I never played it. Like I didn't have anyone to play with, you know. No, but I just remember it came with the VHS tape, and it was yes, like, yes, now I remember. Like a, a, some wrestler would, one of the wrestlers, say Hulk Hogan would body slam someone, and you get like plus twenty points, and that somehow <laughs> to add to your score. <laughs> but I was like, I really just watched the footage of all this wrestling I haven't seen at the time, so yeah. you know, I had that. Um, I think, and also the WrestleMania, what's the WrestleMania Nintendo game? You know, Bam Bam Bigelow's uh-huh. cartwheels. Uh huh. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Andre just kills everybody. Yeah, I got that. I think. Oh man, I didn't get that one for Christmas. Sorry, but I remember getting Nintendo for Christmas. I didn't ask for it, but I think my dad just like asked around, like, "What's the hottest new toy?" You know. Yeah. 
And then we got a Nintendo and and I remember like at my grandma's house, we all plugged it in and all my uncles were playing Duck Hunt. (laughs) 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 That's that's what I remember. But uh, I was never, you know, you know me, I'm not a gamer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's by the extent of my gaming was the original Nintendo. Oh, and the the PlayStation 1 because I wanted to play... WCW versus NWO versus the world. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I had the NWA game too. I don't know if you had that one with the you lock on a submission hole. And it goes ar, 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 that, that like, was like, that was an awesome wrestling game for the yeah. Nintendo. I had that too. I had to get that man. I was looking in the comic books would have the picture in the back of the Road Warriors yeah. on that cover. Yeah. Oh man, I couldn't wait to get that. I uh, I had a friend who was a giant Ric Flair fan. He was a little older than me though. He's probably like six or seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he swore that Ric Flair in that game just had a little bit more stamina than everybody else. <laughs> he might have. I was always Lex Luger, of course. <laughs> you know, that's who I was. That was my guy. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was a fun game. That would be fun to kind of go back and and play that one again. But uh, but yeah, I've caught. I haven't seen any. I haven't even seen the graphics on that in a long time. I, I'm not gonna probably bring it up on YouTube or something. Yeah, see. yeah, you totally yeah. could. Yeah, uh, yeah, because there's a. There's something, there's some, uh, there was, I think there was like a second game that they were going to do that did not get published or something like, like there's a story behind that. Oh, the NWA? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, But my favorite wrestling video game was the arcade game is the Royal Rumble. That was my favorite Mm -hmm. as a kid. Now everyone like talks about No Mercy. I was way out of that before. Yeah, yeah. That was, that that was like probably like your high school years. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, yeah. But like all the younger kids, they talk about that kind of stuff all the time. All right, so let's talk about some holiday bash edition of uh, of AEW Dynamite. But before that, I want to mention uh, at the tail end of this podcast, the last thirty minutes or so, uh, I brought on my buddy Mike Gilbert, who has a podcast on our network called Brace for Impact. And you know, we were talking, and I was like, you know, back in the day with Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave and Brian used to always talk about Impact, and it would actually be entertaining because a yeah. lot of the stuff's really bad yeah and they would they would analyze it and they would crack jokes and stuff they don't watch it anymore and they barely watch the pay-per-view so i brought mike on and i was like we got to talk about impact man like this used to be a staple of of f4wonline.com and so uh yeah we we talked for about 30 minutes talked about you know kind of the best and the worst of impact in 2022 mm. we talked about the landscape of uh 2023 for impact because there's a little problem with impact in that anybody who kind of gets over outside of Joss Al- Alexander and Moose just gets snatched up by <laughs> the other companies so yeah uh so yeah we talked a little bit about what strategy could be for 2023 and it was just fun. Mike's a great guy. Mike was also on Josh Nason's podcast uh, the other day. Oh, it was like a couple weeks ago, I guess. Josh is doing like the 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 year in review 2022, and, and Mike was on there and, and did a good job. So mm-hmm. uh, he reminded me that he and JD was, uh, were on with both of us last year at some point. I don't remember what pay-per-view, but it was like a pay-per-view that they, that they covered that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Or, no, maybe it was a preview. And uh, and then back in the day, back in the day, before we were on this network and we were doing it, uh, the Fight Game Podcast, kind of independently, we were just trying to build up an audience, I had him on uh, back then, too. So, yeah, yeah. M- Mike's a good guy. He, he, does, he and JD do a really, really fun Impact podcast. They got a nice little community there, too. Like, mm-hmm. the second 
I post their show, like just there's like five or six people every time that are just engaging on Twitter going like, yep, this is what I'm listening to on the way to the gym. And this is what I'm listening to on the way to work. So they, they have a, they have a really cool audience. So yeah, yeah. Uh, last, last half hour, you'll, you'll hear us talk impact, but my, you know, Mike has other wrestling interest too. It's not just impact. So we talk some, some other stuff, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, okay. So, um, let's talk about dynamite. Imagine if this show was like an impact recap show instead of a, a dynamite recap <laughs> show. Some ways it is like <laughs> impact recap show uh, okay so i thought for the most part i i thought this was a pretty good show i think depending on whether or not you like the elite versus uh, the mm-hmm. death triangle and I, I know a lot of people like that match i'm just kind of up in the air with with all of these matches except for the first one i really really liked the first one at the pay-per-view and then the rest of them had just been kind of like okay like we we the, the, yeah. you know the hammers and and all that stuff and uh but man like there were a couple of, of really good wrestling matches including a women's match mm-hmm. that main evented the show where i'm just like god jamie hater's got to be like on the list of most improved or or something because she's uh she's been doing a really good job as champion and i was like man they put her in the main event spot oh my god this is gonna be so you know this not that not that i mean i'm sure she there's a little bit of pressure for her to be in this mm-hmm. main event spot but you know it's it's historically the the show kind of loses viewers in general yeah. as it goes on so it's not like it's back in the attitude era where the main event segment is where you get the most viewers but still like she's main eventing a pay-per-view and you don't want to go off the air with the crowd not reacting at all. And her and Sheeta did a really good job keeping that crowd. They had some great near falls. And so overall, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Dynamite, I was pretty entertained. I thought this was a, a pretty a pretty fun show to watch. Yeah, there's some good stuff on here. Um, I'm, I'm hoping ratings-wise, the people stuck around for the, the women's main event. But, you know, historically, just they usually check out. You know, there's a big dip usually when the women's segments happen on AEW. So, But I kind of hope... Maybe some uh, word of mouth got them to kind of tune back in. So we'll see how the curious to see how the breakdown comes this week. Should be interesting. But yeah, there's some some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. There's some embarrassing stuff. <laughs> um, two good, real good wrestling matches I thought on on this show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, it was it was a pretty easy watch for me. There were also a couple of follow up segments and something that we were kind of thinking about, which is. You know, how do you follow up with Ricky Starks? And mm-hmm. so they're going to put him in uh, in a match with with Chris Jericho pretty soon. And that's that's that was the opening segment. And also, Action Andretti, who I thought he cut a pretty good promo. And then he got sports entertainmented with uh, with a, <laughs> a, a, a fireball by a wizard. And I was like, mm-hmm. ah, this is not really what I wanted to see out of, this, out of where he's going next. <laughs> uh yeah 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 the show i mean oh you go you go to right now we'll talk about it yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh let's start with ricky starks here there was a little bit of a sheen to him i think uh i think he knows that he's done a really good job with this promos i think he mm-hmm. knows that the match was good and they did a good job with it he he's been hitting some home runs here and so the, i i i liked it's kind of the confidence in him he looked the, you know, he he kind of the way that he dressed, he looked like a star. 
uh, he came out and he said that, you know, at some point he's going to be the champ. Like that, that's not, there's not a doubt in his mind. And he was, he, he was the real man out there. And Max was the coward. And uh, Jericho comes out, tries to recruit him into the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I, I was like mixed on this because I was like, this is perfect. Jericho is like the conceited heel. Of course, he, he's going to recruit Ricky. Why wouldn't Ricky want to join mm-hmm. his group? But at the same time, he comes out to this music and all the fans are singing it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is, there's a disconnect here. Can we change this music? You know, especially uh, if we're Jericho's not gonna his ego's not gonna want him to change it. He likes to hear him sing this one song that he has. But, but but the disconnect is that we want to get the fans behind Ricky. We don't want oh, to know. then change oh, the I know. You know, it, we don't want to muddle that. Like let's let's make a direct line here about who we want the fans to cheer. So Well don't well don't worry. The fans they don't really care for Jericho. The the, the guy that had the most heat in the group was Sammy Guevara. Well, he always has the most heat. No, this is the best part. They're like, Sammy sucks, and Jericho's looking like, if you think he sucks, that means you think I suck. And then they found him like this. Just silence. No, it's like, dude, no one cares for you, Jericho, right now. Uh, but uh, I thought I thought Ricky Starks did a great job with his promo. Um, he did a great job with Jericho. Um, the jobber thing line by ricky starks jericho's like over the top sell of that was was not that good but we we already gave them this you know this was months and months and months ago Mm -hmm. the the jas it's you know you just put a hue in front of it and it's huge ass but Mm -hmm. they didn't use that they went with first the first letters jobber and then yeah he went with jass holes yeah he called yeah. Sammy and uh, Garcia jass holes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he um, he, he kind of did this over the top thing because Jericho was is recruiting him, so Jericho's like making these like backhanded compliments to Ricky. So then Ricky did it back to him, and and he gave him some backhanded compliments, which uh, he was making fun of. Uh, you know, oh yeah, you 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 slim down. I forgot what he called him, but he, he called, called him an air fryer. Yeah, he called like an air fryer. <laughs> that was good. The only thing I didn't like about his promo when he told Jericho he can suck on this. He started okay, yeah. Out, so, yeah. So I was gonna get to that because he makes a dick sucking joke in 2022, mm-hmm. which falls flat. It's not what the audience wants. I'm sure it's not what the uh, audience at home wants. It's not Pro- what TBS execs want. Not I mean, what TBS execs. They're probably not may- happy with the show at all. By may- the way, maybe sure. the only person who popped for that line was like Vince Russo. Like I'm sure he was like, "Oh, they're bringing this it what, back. This is what we want. This is what I was talking about. <laughs> this is gonna bring yeah, I- the casual fan back. Yeah, this is what they need. <laughs> they need a." Uh, uh, that Mark Henry there. Let's get some two girls and then <laughs> abuse him like dominatrix. <laughs> oh man! Um, he so they're gonna have a match. He he wants to have a match with Jericho on uh, the fourth in Seattle. And so as as they're setting up this thing, uh, Jake Hager jumps the gun a little bit. Well, was it Jake Hager? Or was it the camera shot that jumped the gun? Uh, I don't know. The camera shot. It's like stayed the same the whole time. So uh, unless it was, I think they needed a close shot. They needed a close shot on Ricky, but they were shooting from the floor, you know, from the rampway to the other thing. So you'd see this stupid guy, the big purple hat, come out, (laughs) and then it's like, oh, okay, we know what's gonna happen here. Which we already figured something like that was gonna happen because when there's no Hager, no two point oh, I figured they were gonna come attack from behind anyways. And do you remember when? um, Gosh. 
why, why can't I not remember his name? He he came back to WWE as Tensai. Yeah, uh, yeah, Matt name? Bloom. Matt Bloom. But what was his uh, original WWE character? Well, there's Baldo. There was he A was Train. A Train. A Train. A Train. What was before that though? Before A Train, he was Albert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Albert. Albert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, remember he at at one point he came in and he was like he did like like a week or two as the hip hop hippo. Do you remember this? Yes, yes. That's yes. what Hager reminds me of. He reminds me of the hip hop hippo. Hager's just loving life right now. He's oh. just he's just, he's just get paid well to basically do nothing. I know. So Hager jumps in the ring and. It's supposed to be a surprise, but we see him in the shot right before <laughs> Jericho calls for, uh, for for Ricky Starks. He, so basically, Ricky Starks says, "Why would he want to join them?" And and so Jericho says, "Up, oh, wrong answer." And then when he says wrong answer, Hager attacks Ricky from behind, and then uh, Garcia and Guevara go down there, and they're about he's he's about to get beat up really badly until Action Andretti saves Ricky Starks from the beatdown. So. The follow-up at this point in the show for Action Andretti to actually come out in a meaningful segment and to stop the bad guys from beating up a guy who has raised the raised his game in the last few weeks. I was like, ah, oh, great, Action Andretti. This is a really good follow-up. I didn't feel that way in a, in a couple segments, but but we'll get there. Okay, trios title. Wait. wait. The first of all, the Andretti's save was not that good. You know, had no had no fire. He just came in, did a couple things. Like, um, but they, he beat the it hell. He like, like hit hit all of his moves on Jericho. He hit some moves, but they. I mean, that's oh man, there weren't like good feeds going on. It was rushed. I don't know. I didn't like it at all. And I don't like the the underdog saving one of your you know. Hot new baby faces, you know. Top, yeah, but know. it was like four against one. I would have had like maybe you keep Jericho away from Ricky Starks. You know, maybe if you want to start Ricky Starks, something you know probably could have started with Sammy first. They could have had something. Maybe Jericho, you know, Starks that came out later to save Andretti. With you know, Jericho tries it. I don't know. I just didn't it like. Could, I mean, it could still happen that way because Jericho um, well, didn't say yes. I don't think so. I don't think I he just said yes. I just didn't like. Seeing Starks being saved by a guy like that, it would have been a mate. Would have been a big reaction if Hobbs saved him. No, they still got videos. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but if Powerhouse Hobbs came out and saved them, they got the back together as Bay faces. I think they would be, you know, over big time as as, as a as a tag team, not a tag team again. But I know you want Starks to be a singles, but you know what I mean. Like they could be like like Diesel and Sean, you know, like mm-hmm. just. They're brothers, but they're tag team, but they also are singles wrestlers. So, All right, Trio's title. We finally got the NBA comparison that, that I had mentioned before mm-hmm. on, on how you could kind of, you know, play with the, the best of seven here. But because it was the, the way that I didn't want it to happen, which is it went three, three and one, of course they had to mention the Cavs beating the Warriors in 2016, which was what I didn't want to happen. <laughs> I've heard about that enough in, in my life. Uh, but uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a no DQ match here. So, you know, things are about to get serious, except they weren't because early in the match, Nakazawa, Cutler, Abrahantes all come in and do goofy stuff. There's a Christmas tree somewhere in the ring for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
Nick is still favoring the ankle, so he's a little slower. He's not hitting all of his moves. Uh, and Omega gives Phoenix a tiger driver onto a barbed wire broom, which means that he had to sit on the barbed wire himself, which I thought was really dumb. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix and Omega had some fun stuff. Really good two count on Omega. Blasted Omega with the hammer. And Kenny kicked out of being hit in the head with the hammer. Mm-hmm. Did, did, mm-hmm. Is this because... Now, 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 hear me out here. He's been hitting the hammer a couple of times. Now, at least once. I don't remember how many times he's been... But did he did did his head build up scar tissue for this time getting hit with the hammer? Because he was able to kick out, it didn't hurt as much or something. Because man, he she you know that hammer, it's it's, they they must not have made that hammer like they made the others because he kicked out on that one. Uh, uh, (laughs) Pack used a tinsel with his brutalizer. I don't know if you've played with tinsel before. Mm -hmm. Tinsel kind of like breaks really easily yeah <laughs> i thought that was a bob wire tinsel oh maybe that's what it was maybe that's i don't know that maybe 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 it wasn't i don't know but that's why i thought it was at first and i don't know this match was just just masturbation on television really between these guys no one okay there's a big difference between the main event and this match the main event i felt like there were two competitors who wanted to win a match mm-hmm. this match i just felt like they're just doing stuff to do stuff like at one point like Who's it comes off the top rope? Penta comes up the top early on the match, comes off the top rope and crushes a garbage can into uh, Omega's nuts. Mm-hmm. And no cover. They just keep going on, keep going on, and they keep going on. And I just, like I said, I felt like they're just doing stuff, just doing spots. I didn't feel like it didn't feel like a contest to me. Just, it felt like just a, like I said, just a bunch of dudes masturbating out there and, getting their stuff in and it wasn't like like the main event you know i felt like hey i'm watching a match of a belt that feels important that mm-hmm. you know so that's why i didn't like this match at all i know people are like, well you don't like these guys anyways but one of the reasons why because they don't feel i don't feel like their matches feel like a contest it just feels like a stunt show and a lot of the stuff didn't look good even the opening like <laughs> triple fight in the middle of the ring looked stupid like the horrible then they then the heels bump out or i don't know if they're heels now but bucks or whatever omega go out and then like just right off the bat tri- the triangle does a dive out triple dive out like how, how, they'll be okay to stay they'll be they're that knocked out that are loopy they're gonna just catch these triple dive outs in, a, in like what a second that it started i don't know it's just stupid but i was kind of checked out and you know it was what i expected and it's a bunch of crap Honestly, they I, do, I know they I called know. it. They couldn't do seven matches or how many matches straight wrestling matches. They had to go to this stuff. They had to go to these gimmicks because they but can't you know, do it. You know what? The thing about it is, even though it was no DQ, it wasn't that much different than the other matches. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they had no clue. They have no clue. It just, you know, the, 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 the only person that's really happy about this match was Rick Knox, and now he's like, "Why? Well, now they really can't say how much I suck because I have no authority." <laughs> well, I mean, in this that's match that's the reason to make it no DQ for me is that you're just going to do this stuff anyways. You might as well make all these matches should have been no yeah, DQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they do the blood at the end, and ugh. yeah. So they uh, all of the Death Triangle had hammers at one point. <laughs> yeah, and 
the uh, I think the Bucks pulled out uh, two of the guys, and I, f- I forget exactly what happened. But at some point, uh, the elite with uh, with Nick Jackson uh, on one foot hopping to the top rope, and uh, I think they did the Melter Driver uh, to win the match, and then the bad guys used the hammers to bust them up after the match, and mm-hmm. uh, who bled? Not all did all the uh, bleed. Nick and uh, I thought Omega bled, but I can't sit. I know Nick for sure because Matt was covering at the end. Yeah, Nick. Nick did a good job. I think you know Nick. Nick did a a Moxley approved job uh, of the bleeding there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know I I I like I said I really liked the first match and every other match since then has been uh, I've, I'm less interested in, in in the matches and some of it is because. Yeah. It's not a pay per view, and there's commercials, and and some, but some of it is because I thought the first match they really, really, really wanted to prove something with that match, and these other ones are are just not uh, as serious enough for me to really get into them. So uh, next week is uh, what Falls Count Anywhere is going to be probably like basically like their Anarchy and Arena matches, which is going to probably look like all over the building. I'm that's sure. that's not a bad thing though, because then they can focus on the stunts in a way that I think the camera can shoot it a lot better because mm-hmm. in some of these matches that we've seen, like they do these really crazy spots and the camera's like catching it like right at the last minute. And like, they can set this up a little bit better if they, if they do go all around. Uh, will they, the will they go into like the food area and then the butcher and the blade are cutting up meat? Adam page is going to be at the bar with somebody. Uh, hanging yeah. Out. <laughs> Telling us the sob story. <laughs> Moxley called him out on that shit tonight, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Moxley's promo tonight. Yeah, I really liked it too. Okay, so I'm guessing MJF was not at the show tonight because he, he did not come out for a live interview. Movie? Movie? Yeah, I film? mean, I, I, I would guess so. Uh, I don't know that for for sure. They needed Lance. Lance, fun Eric, we need you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a new scene for you. Yeah. Uh, he cut, so... I think what this promo was, was last week, if you remember, Brian Danielson was chasing MJF. Yeah, that was good. And he's running away, and he's running up up the uh, the, the stairs. And I think the interview was him still running, yeah. <laughs> seeing a camera, and then cutting the promo at that point. Because yeah. he was kind of like out of breath, and uh, he was mad at Danielson for spoiling his moment. It was his first title shot, and Danielson, how dare you? And uh, but it was short. It was you know not yeah. not not much from him. Which this show, uh, you know, the show generally I would say needs him. But I don't know if this show. I think this show had enough where you didn't like. I kind of missed him because I thought that promo was a little bit not enough. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I thought there was enough good enough stuff to where I was like, okay, like if this was a week for Max to skip, then then that's yeah. fine. Well, they did advertise he was going to say. I guess he. I guess they technically did, but they should have had maybe filmed it differently. I don't know how the. They could, you know, but like maybe like the cameras running, running to get to Max's locker room or something or and you kind of see Max from a distance running and going into his locker room. And, the, and then they, they knock on his door and Max like, oh, just get the hell out of here. He's like, no, screw it. Come in here. And then he starts cutting a promo on the day. You know, something like that would have been because it looked kind of weird. Like the camera's just kind of there. And um, easy. AEW does a better job at you know, have why the camera is there mm-hmm. a lot of times. This one's kind of weird, but all right. Then we had the action Andretti interview. I thought he had really good charisma. He didn't have that sort of deer in the headlights that some of these young, young folks have when they cut their promos. I don't know if you caught this, but Tony was making this face. Tony Schiavone was making this face 
like he smelled something like something something was was someone farted or i, I don't know yeah, he kept jumping the gun that something was gonna happen because yes backing up yeah that's what he kept doing but it's like he's wrinkling his nose and he's squinting his eyes while action andretti's cutting this promo and so then 2.0 come out and they they distract andretti so that jericho can hit him in in the face with the fireball like the wizard that he is but i was like tony what are you like why are you like are you yeah. foreshadowing like what's going well, on yeah we knew it was going to happen here. I mean, we didn't, we didn't need Tony Schiavone jumping the gun because we knew someone's going to beat him up mm-hmm. here, right? It's just that's what happens in AEW. It's a the dangerous place is the interview area in AEW. The most dangerous place in NXT is the parking lot. We already established that. Yes. You know, absolutely. Our, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then uh, Renee with Danielson, and, and I thought Danielson had a pretty hefty task tonight, which is <laughs> how do you explain William Regal being gone and your. Uh, affection for yeah. William Regal and yeah, that stuff was a little rough. But once he, okay, we're done with that part. Let's yeah, Tur- turn on. it to Max. We're okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what's, uh, that was a good part. Uh, but I was just watching this movie. I mean, watching this movie, watching this promo, going like, bro, he's just <laughs> not that into you, man. Like, he's just not. You, that you need to let it go. <laughs> so I heard someone like because it was kind of quiet during Brian Daniels' uh, promo, and uh, and he said, you know, he's. Said something about Regal, and then someone's like, he's just going to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> so Danielson, ever so the baby face, you know, Danielson uh, trained in San Antonio under Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels. So you got the NXT booker on AEW television, uh, his name at least. Uh, and, uh, and he said, you know... Th- those are my trainers, but the person who was like most influential, not mm. only in my in my career, but in my life. I was like, "Whoa, you're turning, it, you're like dialing it up here for Regal." Is is William Regal turned him into the person and the wrestler that he is today? Regal was in the hospital, uh, uh, and and Danielson was there, and Danielson said he cried for for Regal. He thought he like the way that he said it. I was like, this dude was. In storyline in e, in AEW canon, William Regal almost died. Is that what we're where we're going with this? Yeah, uh, apparently he was on his deathbed. Yeah. So, um, he said uh, one thing William Regal taught him was there was consequences to actions. Okay, let's pull back there for a little bit because mm-hmm. William Regal was the ultimate heel, and the moral of the story was you just have to have sort of eyes in the back of your head. That, I don't know if that's the guy who makes sure that there are consequences to actions. I'm not sure he's mm. the one who teaches that lesson. Anyway, uh, Danielson then called out Max and wanted Max to come out. I don't. I, like I said, I don't think he was there tonight. <laughs> so who comes out instead? It is none other than Stoke Dog Hathaway and Ethan Page. Uh, Brian kind of clowns on them he's making fun of stokely's bald head and the light shining off of it <laughs> stokely cracked me up here he dead eye stares at danielson and he just goes you raggedy bitch yeah <laughs> he says yeah, it two times yeah. and i laughed yeah. i was like where the crowd laughed from? Yeah. uh so uh ethan uh had called him vegetable man and i guess this is going back you know some years in in wwe where uh the storyline with uh, one Daniel Bryan was that he was a vegan, mm-hmm. and well, he's always a vegan. He's okay, a vegan, huh? but do you remember this? Yeah, Vince would then thought it was weird. No, was the vegan, Bellas, right? 
misheard and thought he said he was a virgin. Oh, is this a tough enough stuff? No, this was I, this was on on WWE TV from what I remember. Oh my god! And so well, they, it worked they, out for him. They wanted to be his first, like, and all of a sudden he's like hot stuff to them because he was a virgin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it worked out. So Ethan, yeah, it did it definitely did for with with, with his wife being mm-hmm. uh, being Bree. So then Ethan said, you know, he done, didn't only call him Vegetable Man because of, uh, you know, his, his diet there, but it's because of what he's going to do to him. He's going to make him a vegetable when they, when they have a match. And Brian's like, huh, all right, let's go now. And Ethan's like, eh, you know, I don't want to get my pants dirty here. Let's go next week. I, instead of blue-balling the audience, because they were pretty hot for this, why didn't they mm-hmm. just make it on Rampage? That'll be a good match for that to help their ratings. I mean, even well, they did, they did a Baker. Good, yeah, they did a good job last week with it. It's kind of going. Well, up. They didn't really add. I mean, they didn't. I mean, it didn't draw much. I think they only drew like nine thousand dollars, nine nine thousand, nine thousand people more total viewers. I mean, but the idea of the show kind of growing is is you know you yeah, get more. They're gonna keep it up. Gonna gradually get. It's not gonna go back. It's not gonna go up to six fifty in a week, right? Uh, what do you think about this? And I kind of posed this on Twitter. Like, let's say, you know, because we hear we hear from Tony Khan like two or three times already. Oh, Rampage, we're going to make it, you know, more mm-hmm. important and this and that. You know, this Moxie and Page storyline, it kind of coexists on both shows. Yeah. And what if you continued to do the build on both shows, but, you know, three weeks out from Friday... You know, they make that match and they do it on Rampage. I think that's a nice little build. You're giving away a really good Dynamite main event, but maybe you can figure that out and have a a good Dynamite Mm -hmm. main event. But I I think it's a good test to see, because maybe it may be just that Friday night at 10 o'clock sucks, right? And that you're you're not going to be able to grow that audience like you thought you would. And so this would be a good test to see, okay, can you put a main event program on that show and can you bump this thing into the 600s mm-hmm. uh you know rather than in the 400s if, if you do build something that people definitely want to see uh they the, you know they did the moxley match last week but then you know the main event is like an eight-man tag with the best friends and and yeah. orange cassidy and dustin and just like i was like all in <laughs> on like the first 15 minutes of that show and then just gradually got disinterested throughout the the rest of the hour. So I think it'd yeah. be a nice little experiment for them if they could if they could pull it off. Yeah, it would be yeah it's something to try. I guess I don't know if I'd waste that match on Dynamite, but yeah, I mean they're if they're really committed to trying to help Rampage, they might have to sacrifice a match like that to see if people will will tune in. But you know, a lot of people they they. They haven't really made that show important so long. It, it still still feels like you got to skip it, you know. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even watch anything of it. I usually like if I have a rule of like by Monday, if I don't watch it, I'm just gonna delete off my DVR. Like sometimes I'll throw it on a weekend if I'm waiting for like the Niners game to start or something like that, or yeah, in between a football but game. But yeah, that's just I never got around to it because nothing really stood out for me to watch. Yeah, I mean, I had to watch it because I did the Sunday night mm-hmm. uh, wrestling over radio with Dave and yeah. Uh, he didn't. He actually didn't even watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think. I think he said it like his DVR didn't record or something. Yeah. Uh, wink. I. I don't know if that was even a wink. Wink. Maybe it didn't. Uh, but yeah. So I, I did watch. But well, that could be true, Dave. You never know. With this, well, with I think. Technical. I think. Yeah. I think. There, you know. The problem is, is that 
he should because he's got the he's got the direct TV and he's got the cables. So shouldn't he have the backup? We still have impact pay-per-views on their <laughs> fucking DVR from 2006, I think. <laughs> Filled up his memory. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, so uh I did watch uh, you know, I've watched the last couple and I know a lot of people say, Oh, it's an easy watch, it's an easy watch, it's an easy hour, it's an easy watch. But I get so I get so flustered if I pay attention. If I pay close attention to it, I get kind of flustered sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's their answer though to this week's rampage. <laughs> the three kings Christmas mm-hmm. Casino Trios Royale. What a what a name! So so dude, that was at that was at five in the morning. Tony Khan came up with that. <laughs> so on. so much of a name that uh, when Moxley did the promo, he I think he got the name wrong. Um, I think he tried to say it like, and he started <laughs> like go slow with it, and it's still yeah. Even like I think uh, even um, was it uh, Tony Schiavone or 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 uh, what's his name uh, Excalibur? Excalibur said it wrong. <laughs> he says, well, it's a big tongue twister, man. And I didn't even get to understand what it was. It was a battle royal, but it's a six-man tag battle royal. So it's like, a tri- yeah, trios teams. I don't know. See, they didn't explain the rules, so do I don't you know if it's like get three chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I don't know if it's that's like what it is. one guy gets out, everyone's out. Like, yeah. like the old tag team battle royal. I used to hate that. I used to hate that. Even back when I was a kid, I was like. Well, let the guy still in the one guy be in there to, yeah. you know, like a second chance thing. Yeah, so, because yeah. the yeah, the only the only psychology that works in that kind of match is that you guys just have to stick together constantly mm-hmm. and yeah. watch each other's yeah. back, but they yeah. never did it like that. Yep, exactly. Um okay, so this uh yeah, so this uh, did you see the the little the card that they had? They showed all the teams? Did you see who was in the upper right corner? <sighs> Jade Cargill? I think it was Dr. Luther. I think he's in this match. <laughs> no way. Oh, fuck. I'm going to have to watch this. Because Dr. Luther, he's money on TV. If we could put money on it, I, I would say he's going out first. And he, I, if, if, I'll put money that he's going to take the most brother of brother bumps over the top rope. <laughs> fuck, get eliminated. Uh, okay. There was a John Moxley interview. He said... Now, this, this interview was pretty meaty here. He said... Uh, you know, he's talking to Paige, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we could we could go brawl around the the arena mm-hmm. every week for all I care." But when are we going to settle it in the ring? But then he goes, "But what is there to settle? You got knocked out. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick and tired of the somber tone. What did you think I was trying to do with that clothesline? Don't become a play wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's not Moxley's fault that Paige has a glass jaw." I was like, wow. Well, fuck that. I mean, we, this whole storyline's stupid, right? Because like I said, like he got knocked out. He got beat. He got beat. He got knocked out. He got beat. And the guy he's trying to attack is the same guy that prayed for his you know, health and make sure he can get back to his family. Yeah. But he wants to run out there and attack him. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, I like I I this promo, Moxley. I thought it was one of his better promos in a, in a while. And uh, he's facing Darius Martin. To beat uh, him up too. <laughs> la- later in the show, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, you know, we're teachers, and I'm going to teach the injury-prone Darius Martin a hard lesson." Mm-hmm. So Samoa Joe cut a promo in front of the Christmas tree, and like I was watching this promo, and sometimes wrestlers will do like the pause for drama, like really, really mm-hmm. well. Samoa Joe was doing the pause. 
because he didn't really know what his punchlines were going to be. <laughs> so it's like, this, end. I like this promo though. No, it was good. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was good. But I was like, I, I was like doing the thing where, you know, you're watching it and he's pausing and I'm like trying to finish his sentence. I'm like, come on, Joe, you got this Joe. Mm-hmm. Come on, Joe. Yeah. Um, but he said he wants to wish Wardlow a great holiday because he's not going to have a happy new year. Samoa yeah. Joe is a really good promo. Samoa Joe is a serious wrestler. Samoa Joe is a really good wrestler. I hope he stays healthy because I like Samoa Joe on my television. So yeah, um, you know he's my he's my guy. He's my guy from way back. I I, I would not profess like uh, Paul Fontaine of being the ROH historian. <laughs> But you know Danielson and and yeah. Joe were my guys. That I, if I heard that there was a good match, you know I did buy. I, I bought a couple of ROH DVDs. Uh, but if I heard mm. that you know Joe and Danielson did something, I was kind of searching out for it. And yeah. you know the 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 his, like if people who go like way way back on this website, well may remember this. But uh, the Brian used to play a, a, a little. Uh, a little soundbite of my kid calling uh, him Samoa Jones. He just kept, he would always, he couldn't, he would never call him Joe. He just called him Samoa Jones. So, uh, yeah, so I love Joe. So I, I love seeing him. I just love seeing him healthy and doing something positive because I don't know, he kind of got, he always got like kind of Jimmy jacked with WWE. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, he had a lot of injuries and stuff too. And, but, um, I like the I like the style of it. I like the the setting and everything, and just the the holiday spirit, you know. And then and then just you know telling Wardlow he's gonna destroy him and hollow, you know, for Christmas. The shot the that. shot was great. Like the the Christmas tree kind of blurred. Yeah, out yeah, back. yeah. It reminded me of like the, those NFL games where like they talk to they cut to the player and his family. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're like, oh, we you know, we want you know us from the Singletarys. Want to wish you guys a merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Mike Singletary came to my head, but. Uh, and I, I would always, as I got older, I always go, I was always like saying, who had the hottest wife in these segments? That was my, <laughs> that's my, my <laughs> But uh, that's why I, I like, I kind of gave me that kind of feel. But then like, this guy's a heel and being, and being an ass. So, but, you know, I thought it was creative. I liked it. Yeah. Samurai Mike Singletary. That was a nice little callback there. Yeah. All right. Hook faced a, a young man <laughs> by the name of Exodus Prime. He's on the, he's, he's, he's He's from the same planet. Well, no, a different planet adjacent to where uh, Chris Statlander's planet was, the Andromeda <laughs> galaxy, I guess, or something like that. Um, I, I saw Exodus Prime on Rampage because I think he's the one that got killed by Wardlow. Is that who? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't watch. He's the one that took that funky bump and I he think, like landed. Was I don't know. All I saw was Exodus Prime. I've been like, what name you use? Exodus Prime. No. <laughs> How about? Tony Rich, you know, <laughs> Exodus Prime. Give me a break. I know, like, Tony likes to be cool. Like, oh, yeah, do your gimmick. Yeah. But come on, Exodus Prime, you got to be kidding me. So uh, my kids, uh, they went to a, a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they when they played on the basketball team, <laughs> the basketball coach, uh, he had uh, – I don't know, he had a couple of plays. He didn't have, you know, because they're only like up to the fifth grade. And one of them he would call Genesis, and one of them was called Exodus. And these were <laughs> plays for the basketball team. And I'm like, I'm like looking at coach going like, 
Yeah, whenever you call Exodus, they know exactly what's happening. And whenever you call Genesis, the other team knows exactly what's <laughs> happening because you only have two plays. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exodus Prime. Yeah, Exodus Prime, the match was not long for, for this no. guy. And uh, he got beat with the red rum. And uh, <laughs> Stokely Hathaway and Big Bill and Lee Moriarty were shown on the big screen. They were near a garbage dumpster, and they're beating the crap out of Jungle Boy. They threw Jungle Boy in the dumpster. And Hook, whose his gimmick is that he really, like, he doesn't really give a shit. Like, he's, like, yeah, you know, he's in, in the cool way, whereas Orange Cassidy does it in, like, the lame, kind of lazy way. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I guess maybe he got his heartbeat. A little bit above sixty-five beats per minute after this after this match because he kind of looked like he was a little worried about Jungle Boy and he did like a power walk to the back. But while he's doing this power walk, John Moxley's music yeah. plays. Shit. <laughs> like I'm like, <laughs> man, we can't even let this thing breathe. Like poor Jungle no. Boy. Yeah, just got dumped in the dumpster. They never went back to tell us if Jungle Boy w- w- was no. fine or not. No, and this that was it. He might be still in there. Next to the next thing. You know what it reminded me of? And this was this was a, a relevation for me as a young wrestling fan. Is when you went to a live Raw, you realized that it was a TV show. Like, you know, mm-hmm. okay, commercial, and you kind of have to get everything done by this, and then they go to black. And yeah. But when they did a taped show, they didn't do it the same way. There would be like there you would see, you would visibly see. You know, something happened in the ring and then it goes to, you know, outside the ring. And then they were like, cut. Mm-hmm. And everyone just stopped and just walked to the back. And I was like, oh, th- th- yeah. that must not be happening on TV. <laughs> no. That's exactly what this reminded me of. Hook just power walking to the back as if like, oh, I'm done. I don't- it's almost like he didn't even know they're going to do this. And no one gave him direction on how to act, how to be, you know, because he, I thought he looked like an idiot. Just not doing anything to help Jungle Boy. It's just, I don't know, didn't really, after that, but he saved him last week, right? He saved Jungle Boy last week. Yeah. And, after, and then this week, he looked like an asshole for not even yeah, going he out there help his friend. He didn't run. He didn't care. They might as well just show a clip of him going back to the dumpster and like <laughs> opening the dumpster, but throwing his bag of chips in there. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, you know, they do the, the, the time thing where it's like, 30 minutes later <laughs> and Jungle Boy's kind of mm-hmm. waking up. Yeah. <laughs> He's waking yeah, up in the dumpster. Comes out like Grover or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> you, oh, you're thinking Oscar the Grouch. Oscar, thank you. Come on, man. You're you're in the game for the kids. Oh, stuff. they don't watch Sesame Street. How do I though. how am I supposed to remember this when my kids are in they the really 20s? Don't watch, They don't really don't watch Sesame Street though. They don't they, they I try to put it on because like HBO like Max is like every season ever made. Yeah, yeah. Sesame Street. And I was like, hey, let's watch this. And they did like a couple episodes, but they're kind of off. They did they did like Muppets Babies that cartoon. Mm-hmm. They're kind of mm-hmm. yeah. So Mox's entrance starts. The music plays, and he's about to come out. And then they go to picture in picture, <laughs> and then he starts walking around again. He says, "Oh shoot, might as well. I'm not sitting in this ring. Might as well just go and walk around this crowd." So you don't do the entrance of the star. And you do it in picture in picture, and then Darius, who barely has an entrance, he didn't even like like yeah. nobody knew what the song was, like no one like really knew who he was. He gets no the fire. full entrance and just walks down, just kind of yeah. hanging out. And I was like, huh, they should have flipped this the other way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, the match, it was methodical. It, I, I, at first I thought I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those matches where, you know, goes long and it's because Darius all of a sudden's getting some stuff on Mox and mm-hmm. there's some near falls and it wasn't like that at all. It was just Mox just beat him up methodically for the whole time. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was kind of too long and a lot of it had to do with Darius just didn't have anything. He just yeah. didn't have any fire or anything. He could do some athletic stuff, but just nothing kind of bland. It's, he didn't punch. He just threw these crappy looking forearms and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I, that's why I didn't really like this match. It kind of just, and it kind of just ended flat, you know, <laughs> like all of a sudden Mox just picks him up, doubles, does the, with a death rider, I think, and then yeah. uh, pins him. So yeah, there's Darius. Might need to go back to uh, wrestling school. And speaking of wrestling schools, Garrett, I have a plug to do here. Uh oh, dropping it on you. I know, I know you're. I want to plug. I want to plug uh, our good friend, Promise Thomas. Oh yeah. And uh, Kenny Doan starting a wrestling school. No way, I didn't Beyond know wrestling. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping it right now. I mean, that's Scoops. what I do for my buddies. Scoops, Scoops Laraka. Yeah. Beyond Institute of Pro Wrestling, Kenny Doan and Promise Thomas. So, and you know those guys are going to train you the best. So it's going to be up in uh, Massachusetts there. And if anyone wants to join the school, get teach by the guy that's done it, been there, worked with everyone, go and get trained the right way. Go to beyondwrestling at gmail.com if you want to inquire about joining that wrestling school. So I'm sure they're going to turn out some really good talent. And and then I think the talent in that area is going to go to them. I think they're going to improve that talent there. So look out for that Massachusetts talent. It's going to be really good. I got to I gotta talk to that guy. I haven't talked to Promise in a little while. We need to bring him back on the show. Talk about yeah, we the, che- uh, talk we about check the in on the Yeah, we check in on a damn daily, daily basis. We talk wrestling. We talk life, you know. So he's a good guy. So you know what's interesting is this is now this is all from the same time frame is – now Promise Thomas and Ken Doan, and also Johnny Jeter's doing his stuff out here on yep. the West Coast. So, yep. you know, all those guys kind of from that same time frame of, of WWE, and they're, you know, they're training guys. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got, you know, trained by a great school, and they're going to pass that knowledge on to the next generation. That's that's It's a good thing. We're going to get some, some good wrestlers. And so pretty excited about that. Looking forward to what they're going to turn out. All right, the Will Hobbs video here. Will this is like the hard knocks life of like of Will Hobbs? Mm-hmm. He had a bad childhood thanks to some monsters who then turned him into a monster. I I, I didn't feel like this was the payoff video. Like I feel like there's like got to be like a payoff video where we're like oh like he's coming back and he's like you know this is yeah. the new Will. I didn't feel that that was there yet. Um, I liked, I really liked the first one that they did. And I think the the rest of them have been, they've been okay, but I'm kind of waiting for that, like big payoff for whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen here when they bring him back. They've been too short. Like these videos have been too short. I want to know more. And like what they said, it was just a quick little, that video, what lasted like what? Not even a 90 seconds. I felt yeah, like it was probably like 30 seconds. Actually. It just, it just lacked any impact and. You know, I hope they I hope they give him a big push coming out of it. But, there you go, yeah. bringing bringing up impact again. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, really fun match, the Ass Boys, the Gun Brothers against FTR. 
awesome to kind of see the Gun Brothers kind of grow up in front of our eyes yeah. as as a team as as a legitimate wrestling tag team like they're not just Mm -hmm. you know young guys green guy they're they're they they're legitimately going with with ftr here uh was it austin who got the pin or colton who got the pin um shoot i I want to say austin austin but i wasn't 100 sure i think i think you're right i think it's awesome i I love this match this match was a really good match told a great story played off the the double dog collar match at the pay-per-view, the injury that uh, Dax Harwood uh, suffered, that yeah, lower back st- injury. Yeah, still beat up, man. Yeah, and at the same time, the heel still, you know. Did heel stuff. Screwed the screwed the Bay face out of a win, and uh, just good pro wrestling here. And I, I was, this match, because I didn't really, I started a little bit late, but I caught up, you know. And luckily, I was able to fast forward to Jericho's music and all that stuff. But, but I was caught up, so I watched. This is one of the, I actually watched picture in picture and I didn't get distracted by the, the advertisements on the, on the left mm-hmm. side. I, I, Cause I was really getting a kick out of watching uh, Austin Gunn bump around for FTR. Cause he has so much personality on his bumps and stuff. Mm-hmm. He has so much personality. Anyways, I really like the gun club. Those kids are good and they're going to be really, really good. And um, yeah, I like, I, I love this match. I was like, okay, this is the best match on the card. And I think that is the best wrestling wrestling. I'm talking about like, you know, technically, fundamentally sound kind of wrestling match, right? You know, but uh, obviously the main event, you know, definitely stole the show. And deservedly so. Uh, yeah. Austin rolls up Dax and then I th- uh, Colton grabs Col- his arm for, yeah, 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 for yeah. leverage so that mm-hmm. he holds the pin. Yeah, perfect. And, and yeah, FTR going through a little bit of hard times here. Yeah. Um, and all then, right. It- well, we'll talk about we'll talk about when we get the main event, but this this you do the screw so quick, it happens so quick, so you don't like bury the bay face getting pinned or bury the like you know what I mean. So like yeah. they did it, it was no, fast. He, got, he, he legitimately got screwed. That's yeah, what he they lost. Pulled, they pulled off the robbery and they got out of there. You know, like it was like oh, sh-, you know, I'm looking forward to more match between these guys. It's starting to do a lot of suckets though. I'm like I'm like what? Are, well, I, I, so, I mean. We're watching so much 98 Raw, and oh, thank, yeah, thankfully yeah, yeah. we're going to be done with it, uh, and we're starting on a, on a new thing for the Patreon. But Now yeah. we're doing two sweets coming up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing two <laughs> sweets. <laughs> um, I don't mind Austin Gunn doing the sucky because his dad is Billy Gunn. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's it's just like a, a throwback to a different time <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, there, there was a uh, Sanjay Dutt rap, cringy for Heat, that... I don't know. I think I, I maybe could have pulled this off of the show. It wasn't really necessary because nothing I, came out of it. I I I like this. I actually dug finally someone did this. Um, but it was build up a match on Rampage with like Billy Gunn and just it just yeah Anthony yeah Bowens. Billy Gunn so, and Anthony Bowens. This part would have been better if it was like maybe a lead into the pay per view match. I think with the acclaim, maybe yeah. that could have been or you know something for the big lead up to a big pay per view. But uh, I got a kick out of Sanjay Judd's really poor, poorly done rap. And, of course, he was trying to make it poorly done, obviously. He was, you know, not as the WrestleWar 90, you know. Well, <laughs> it's probably worse than WrestleWar 90. I like that rap. That's one of my favorite raps of all time, WrestleWar 90. It, it's, it was, I mean, it was. I was hoping I popped some people it, on that one. It was PN News-like, I guess. Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. They should have. Dude. That would have been awesome if Dude. just Sanjay Dutch pulls out PN News. <laughs> this is right. Yeah. This is the greatest wrestling rapper of all time. <laughs> you know. 
I'm PN News Dude. and I'm on the attack. He would just like do this. <laughs> he had like three that he would do like every every time he was on TV. And then he had the clothes, yo baby, yo baby, yo, yeah. and that was it. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I just. I don't. Uh. <laughs> when when I see something like that, I immediately think, okay, like he's got to eat shit. Like he's got to get beat up for. Oh for yeah. That. And yeah. but there's no, there was nothing with uh with uh with them and the team and then we as we learn uh caster's not even in the match and we didn't they didn't say why is it because of the guitar shot concussion maybe no maybe i, I, mean, I don't know i'm just trying to think i didn't i just got a kick out of like jeff jared <laughs> like i don't know he's just the it's just kind of it, it cracked me up but like i said i wish it was Maybe for a build up to a bigger a bigger match, not on rampage that probably no one's gonna watch. So all right. Uh, a segment that needed some direction. Uh the Think. the big the biggest boss, Ricky Ross, he tried to save this thing with his charisma, by the way. He he tried, but yeah. Uh, it wasn't working because he was He also tried to take him off the air. Yeah, he didn't well, he, he did. <laughs> he, he he also didn't realize that uh you know, when you say swerve is the is the young legend, like you gotta let Swerve talk. Like you can't keep interrupting the guy. Yeah. Um, so he looked at Keith Lee and he's like, "You're a big mf'er," but he didn't say mf'er. He said the real one. And Keith was like, "Oh, what's yeah. up? I don't know." Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they're probably gonna at least get a little bit in trouble for for that line. But uh, hey, man, this, this is a, the big. Bo- this is the biggest boss, Ricky Ross. Like you don't tell the biggest. It's boss a heavy fine. Yeah, it's a heavy fine for sure. So he's calling out Swerve. Swerve's not coming out. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, be patient. You know, he let let him come out on his time. Finally, he comes out and Swerve starts saying that uh, he's going to start doing things Swerve's way. He mentions, you know, the the frustration with Lee a little bit, and he talks. He's so he's bring. He keeps talking about this um, mogul stuff. He's mentioned that before. And he's talking about mogul affiliates, and so he's got mm-hmm. this group, and <laughs> he says something about ownership, and 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 the biggest boss just goes ownership into the mic to Keith Lee, <laughs> and then uh, he, he Swerve says, you know, Keith, you need to keep your eye on the ball, and right as he says that, he says, you know, you need to keep your eyes on the back of your head, and Parker Boudreau of all people attacks yeah. Keith Lee, and then Keith Lee's like. Huh? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> and just clotheslines him out of the ring, and Parker Boudreaux is done. I'm a, I couldn't believe my mind. I was like, what, what am I seeing here? They're just, okay, they're rebooting this guy up, right? And he gets his ass kicked. So he's so he's done. What a way to debut a, a re-debut a guy. And then... Some, some guy with face tattoos comes out. That, did, you, did, you get, did you know who that is? I found out who that was. So I think I found out who it was. Um... According to our our good friend JJ Williams, who also does a lot of the clips for uh, the live mm-hmm. shows for for Brian and Dave uh, on on uh, Twitter, he pulled up a uh, Instagram uh, account of a guy by the name of Grandin Gotsman, Goatsman, uh, former baseball player, Tampa yeah. Bay Rays guy. I was looking at that's interesting. He didn't have the facial tattoos and the gas, and well, he probably had some of the gas in baseball, but yeah, he's just massive. But he's a six foot four guy, I guess. Like he's six four, he was huge. It looks scary. So uh, he hit forty two home runs in uh, minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. 
in his minor league baseball photo, he does have a face tattoo. Not yeah, he has a not a hundred, but he has the little like Japanese character, whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, in in the majors, face tattoo. <laughs> in the majors, uh, he played. Uh, he actually he never made it, so he he only played in the minors from from what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, never got out of out of a double A. It looks like it is as far as he as he went. But he hit fifteen home runs in two thousand and nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he, he was in the, you know, he, he, he had a minor league baseball career, which is really cool, but yeah, I was like, who the F is this guy with all of these face tattoos? National television. I guess he trained with Jay Lethal, I guess is where he was doing training and he was signed a little while ago and they're waiting to debut him. And even he didn't do much to Keith Lee. Keith Lee fought back on him too. Yeah, and it, it took the the double teaming and then the triple yeah. teaming to kind of so, get him out of there. He had a great look. He looked kind of like the the bad guy from Kickboxer One, you know that guy. <laughs> and then, um, but he didn't like as he was squaring off with Keith Lee. Keith Lee held his own with him. So poor Parker and uh, Tattoo Guy. Like I just they didn't really look that impressive. And then, well, continue on what happened after this is well. This was so. If bad. you want to, if you want to find him on all of your your social medias, uh, on Twitter he's Clon Dyke Killa, and on Instagram he is King of Clon Dyke. Uh, so you know, yeah, I don't. He he has a photo on Instagram. Uh, I don't know who this is though. I, I don't know if I, it doesn't I look like wrestling related, but this this dude legitimately like has nothing but artwork on his face. Like you, yeah. It, it's it's kind of alarming. Like it's like wow. You you only yeah. think of like people who are out of their mind with, with stuff like that on their face. But uh, he should have went. I don't know if he even tried. Maybe he should have went to been a, a, a an actor. Yeah, like yeah. A villain, like, you know, just they're casting all those uh, straight to video. Uh, Action movies, he'd be perfect. All right, so he and Boudreaux finally take out uh, Lee, and 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 uh, the biggest boss is just standing right by Keith Lee <laughs> while these guys are beating him up. He's like leaning, he's like leaning against the apron, and he's still got the microphone. And so they uh, put Keith Lee on the steps. They lay him on the steps, and Swerve comes off the top rope to do a double foot stomp onto a cinder block. On it was Keith made Lee's of chest. chalk. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, uh, it was that like thing looks so fake. That was uh, like the fakest looking center block I've seen in my life. Uh, and uh, so now the mogul affiliates, because Swerve is wearing this sweatshirt, and so mm-hmm. was uh, Parker Boudreaux, and, and then so was this uh, this Goatsman, this Gotsman, Goatsman, Gotsman, whatever it is, King of the Klondikes. Uh, he also Tap had man. one. And. Then the biggest boss, Ricky Ross, also had a sweatshirt at the end. Oh, man. He didn't is put he... it on, but it was in his hands. Yeah, this is a cluster segment. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite part, too, was when Rick Ross was cutting his promo in the ring and he kept moving all around and talking to people behind him. And Tony Fine had lead in and say, point to him the hard cam. <laughs> and he kept saying the hard cam the whole time while Swerve came down the aisle. <laughs> Oh God, this is a train wreck. Uh, but accusations, but, ac- accusations, false accusations. Uh, yeah, didn't work. But 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I get a kick out of when like real life, like real, real famous people <laughs> just want to be on a wrestling television show for whatever oh. reason. And we'll see how this guy does. I mean, I don't think he's worked indies. I don't think so. He might have worked a couple. Um, so it's, it's pretty tough to be you know, put in a position like this on national television. But I don't remember to test work indies. It's a good question. We just saw him debut as our, you know, and he, I always thought tested did well as we went on, you know, so maybe he'll just one of those guys going to learn on the job, but they don't do house shows though. There's rumors that they might start house shows in 2023 or some house shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just winning squash matches on dark ain't going to help either. So he's going to have to, we'll see, but you know, they don't really wrestle that much. I don't think they'll see him wrestling that much. I think they should just spend two bodyguard kind of guys, you know, mm-hmm. right. Best. Uh, okay. So, <clears throat> They did a, a like a little triangle. They they did this like battle royal thing interview, and uh, they, I think the best friends were up there. And then all of a sudden, you see Hangman in the Dark Order, and we saw Hangman last week cut this like really passionate promo about mm-hmm. why he was frustrated with Mox. And they're just doing jokes here, and that was all we saw. Oh, Hangman. I'm glad I missed it. After this. Moxley just called this dude out, like, I mean, so okay, so. So that the, the hangman was like, oh, uh, I, I, I got to get on a flight or something like that. So I don't know where he was supposed to be. Maybe he was not there. And when mm-hmm. they said Moxie was going to be on Rampage, then he wanted to go to Rampage. It was just done in like a too jokey of a style for me, considering, you know, Moxie threw the punk card at him. and <laughs> mm-hmm. should, We should get some sort of response like on this show of, of, of hangman, you know, kind of. Being like, dude, fake wrestler? Like, play wrestler? What are you talking about? But nope, it was just dark yeah. horror comedy. Yeah, uh, okay. I, you know, I missed this because there was like those those bars on my screen. I thought I was going to not finish the show. For some reason, I got those, you know, like off, sig- you know, no signal bars. And then it was very strange. I kept like flipping channel to make sure it's like not just my system mm. or something or checking my bills. But like, it was like, I was like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, like, it came back on and or it came back on and Hikaru Shida was making her way to the ring. Yeah. Shida and uh, Jamie Hayter, like we said at the top, good match, really strong main event, strong title match. I'm going to say uh, a really good match, definitely. Uh, there was a suplex uh, onto the floor from, oh. from the apron. That, that the thud on that. Dude. Man. And she bounced too. So, you know, that's, I mean, not like it even just, well, you could, she said, she didn't really protect herself the best, in my opinion. It just looked like she bounced a little bit. That's, that's going to be rough. What about the worst one was I thought Sheeta broke her back when she got thrown off the top rope and hit the uh, the apron. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, scary. Yeah, that was nasty. God. Uh, Sheeta hit a running knee for a really good two count. And uh, Britain Rebel jumped to the apron. And Sheeta and Britt. Damn near had a match while the referee's back was turned. <laughs> See, this is what I was talking about earlier. The the way the guns did it, yeah. How they screwed the heels, got out, and screwed the screwed the bay face and got out quickly. Yeah. This took too long. It was burying the referee. It looked awkward and clunky. There was a kendo stick involved that Brit had. Yeah. And yeah, just if if there is a flaw in this match, it was this spot. It wasn't needed. I, I didn't think it was needed. Like I love this match. I really, I other than the finish, I I really loved everything that led into it because I, it felt very rough 
and it felt like a fight. It felt like I said, it felt like these, you know, uh, these women are want to win this match. It's important yeah. to win the win the title. So, you know, Sheeta has her weaknesses, but and even they were apparent here. But I thought Hater really kept together. I think Sheeta showed some fire when she did, and I like I love Hater selling her like you know, you know, stumbling cells mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. she's just. She's phenomenal. I think she's. I mean, I I know you probably say he's most improved, but I think she probably was always very good. Just remember, she was mostly on the outside. Yeah, she she wasn't the focal point. Yeah, and she was a second a lot. And whenever she was in the ring, it was to kind of protect Britt. So yeah, I mean, I she's you know if it's not improved, um, it's whatever whatever the the award is. Uh, you know, I think. If if you have separate uh, awards for you know men's wrestler of the year and women's wrestler of the year in AEW, like I, it probably is her, right? I mean, maybe there's some Tony Storm buzz. Mm-hmm. I, I, you and I aren't aren't the 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 biggest Thunder Rosa fans. Like there are some Thunder Rosa fans who just think she's like the greatest thing mm-hmm. in the world. And and uh, I, I mean, I like her character. I think she I think she's a good character, but. I don't know, Britt. I think Jamie's my favorite. I, I would say oh, that yeah. she's definitely my favorite wrestler. Wrestler. I mean, Tony Tony Storm. Like, if I was twenty years ago, she would have my heart. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Jamie Hayter's, I think, the best wrestler in in the division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For for sure. I think just the complete package, charisma. You know, good promo, good in the ring. Um. Yeah. I, I, I like I said, I was really impressed, you know, by this match, and it was. I just wish like they were doing the screw finish. They would have done the screw finish, but they still kept going and yeah, yeah. and Hater won with the power bomb. Like you know, I just thought, you know what? Maybe this is not the time to do. Just have them have let them have the match. Let them have the match. Let them let Hater go over and let Hater celebrate the end. There's no need for the ending, you know. Maybe, yes. maybe they, they could have. They could have held that off for um, something else, doing something else. I don't know. But. Yeah, so Hater hits a power bomb, gets a two count. Sheeta kicks out. Then she hits a, a clothesline, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Sheeta kicks out again. And then she hits her her uh, yeah. Rainmaker style clothesline to finally get the win. And uh, Britain Rebel they attack Sheeta. Brit starts stomping her. Tony Storm, who we haven't seen since that one interview where she had like the black eyes and stuff. She mm-hmm. saves Sheeta, and the announcers are very much saying very, very similar to the Hangman thing, where they're like, "She's not cleared. She's not cleared." Yeah. And so then the uh, Brit and and Hater uh, and Rebel were gonna hit her in the face with the belt, and then that's when Soraya came for the save. So, what I'm wondering, and and this is me just like trying to piece this together i'm sure this is what they i'm sure this is what tony khan wants us to think which is Mm -hmm. tony storm is supposed to be the forum uh the the uh soraya's uh, partner for the forum Mm -hmm. but she's not going to be cleared and -hmm. that means maybe we get a mystery woman who a lot of people think it's going to be sasha banks um yeah i don't know if that's the case or not but there is some mystery around this, and I think Tony Storm is in this, so that we are following the tea leaves, going like, yeah. 
oh, it would be Tony Storm, but she's still not cleared. So that means it could be a surprise person who we're kind of excited for. So what is she? She has a broken nose? Broken nose or concussion or something. I just remember she did that interview and like her eyes rampage, were puffy. Right? Yeah, her eyes were puffy. They were like darkened. At first, I thought it was makeup. I was like, that doesn't look like a real black eye. But some people said that it. they, they thought it was a real black eye. Well, they just throw the mask on her like the old Pac has. <laughs> the old Party City mask. Yes. Or remember when Trish Stratus w- w- was a heel and she was wearing the mask because she broke her nose and you know she's like the glamorous, like very mm-hmm. attractive woman and she's trying to like pose in all these pictures and she got this big old mask on her face. Where's Carmella? She had <laughs> the mask on. There you go. Cody. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Cody's whole character, dashing yeah. Cody Rhodes, man. There you go. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, so I, you know, th- there are some dynamites where we rightfully, you know, mm-hmm. criticize more more than than uh, we we say good things about. But I, I was really happy with this show. Uh, it's it was not perfect in by any way, but you know, a lot of people really love last week's show, and I did yeah. like last week's show for a lot of the segments. But overall, I for whatever reason, I think I liked the show a little bit better. So, um, yeah, me too. I was I could say that as well. <clears throat> Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's pass it on to the interview that I did with uh, Mike Gilbert talking impact, and you can uh, you can check out uh, Mike and JD on Brace for Impact on both the Fight Game Media Network and the Fight Game Media Network Patreon. We talk about that on, on the show, so I'm not going to repeat that here. But next week, John and I will be back talking. Uh, the new what do they call it? New Year's Bash is that what is that what it's called for? Is that um, what it is? I think it's New Year's Bash something like. Okay, that. yeah, Warlow versus is it Warlow and uh, Joe that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be back next week and uh, let's listen to uh, the interview that I did with uh, our guy Brace for Impact, Mike Gilbert. All right, Mike Gilbert is joining me, the host of Brace for Impact, the podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Mike, you were on uh, Josh Nason's show not too long ago, so you are familiar with the uh, the F4W Empire, obviously, as uh, mm-hmm. someone who's uh, who, who's been a subscriber for a while. But uh, first time, I think, joining this show, but I've had JD on to helped me out uh, a couple times when I needed a, a, co- a co-host. So welcome. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks. I, you know, I've been on with you before when, before you uh, joined uh, the F4W network back on right. your old network. Right. Um, and then I think not this, this year, but the previous year, uh, JD and I both joined you um, right after bound for glory, I think in 2021. So that would have been the last time that I've been on with you on this network. We actually live on YouTube. Um, JD and I came on with uh, you and John LaRock. That's so. right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, no, no. Good. That That's good. Cause uh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. I, I, I know I wanted to do it again as we got closer to the end of the year because mm-hmm. impact doesn't get a <laughs> lot, whole lot of coverage on this network anymore. You can remember, you've been a fan for, for a mm-hmm. while with, uh, with this website, but 
some of the best audio was Brian and Dave reviewing TNA <laughs> like back in the day. Yeah, those those are always fun shows. Um, I love the fact that it was making Brian absolutely miserable a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and so and probably right now they don't they don't review it a because it's not a you know not many people watch the show right so yeah. it doesn't get a ton of coverage and and I don't think that uh, a ton of the subscribers to the network are actually watching the show. Um, but people still do watch it as proof by the numbers that we do on your network. I, I yeah. you know, we're, we're right at the top uh, uh, of every, every show. We're usually like, you know, we're right up there with all the other review shows that are on the, on your network. And so our numbers do pretty well. So there, there is still an audience out there. It's, it's small, but it's, it's a, a hardcore audience and they will support anybody that's willing to talk about impact. Um, and unless of course you're just dogging it all the time, which, <laughs> which JD and I do criticize it. But, <laughs> It's it's what we criticize it, but we still give it its dignity, right? I think a lot of times when some of the bigger websites or the bigger media pundits are, are criticizing Impact, they talk about it like it doesn't matter because yeah. it's a, it's low viewed, and I still give it its dignity because it does it does matter. Like the wrestling matches are still important matches, even if a lot of people are watching them because the talent are still giving it their all, and the people that are watching it are very much into it. So I still think it deserves a little bit of dignity when you're talking about it, even as you're critiquing it, which JD and I do, and we still make fun of it. Don't get me wrong. Like our, our, like 90% of our, our show is just us either making fun of impact or making fun of each other, but we still like the show that we're talking about. And you can really tell that when we do our show. So that's actually a good place to start because in doing the podcast that you guys do, there is a chemistry. There is a, uh, a back and forth, a rhythm that you guys have, which makes the show so entertaining and, you know, John and I have been doing a show for forever now. And I feel like right now we are in the best sweet spot we've ever been with sort of setting each other up and knowing what the other person is going to say and just being that 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 in 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 tune with each other. And that's also something that you and J.D. do very well. Now, uh, the evolution of, of your podcast uh, originally uh, we tried to do some different things with the audio, but then we brought the video component into it. And now you guys pretty much do every show on video. So that brings a different dynamic in that you can kind of see the person and what they're going to say and when they're ready to 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 talk. And that I think that helps in, in the chemistry of the show. But like, why do you think, A, you guys are still so interested in, in doing a podcast about impact and and also be like could you do the same show on like an entirely different topic like let's say new japan pro wrestling where you can't really make fun of the wrestling because the wrestling's really good and and they don't do the 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 zany stuff well so they do some of the zany stuff but like yeah. do, you, do you think it is somewhat the the topic that also helps you guys w with the chemistry piece uh, you know, I think the topic helps, but I, I think with just with JD and I, because we, we, we were very similar, even though we do have some differences and we, we actually like to celebrate our differences, which is, I think is important. We like to make fun of each other's differences and our, our little intricacies of, of our, of our various personalities. Like he's a, 
he is a successful wrestler, um, amateur wrestler that actually wrestled in college and is a wrestling coach and um, and is a novelist and and has not only read a lot of books, but has written a lot of books. And me personally, I sucked as a wrestler in high school. <laughs> I've never written a book and I've maybe read less than 10 books in my entire life. <laughs> so we do have a little bit of differences between each other. But I think that any topic that you give us, we, we could probably go out there and talk about it just because we do get along so well. And Impact isn't the only show that we watch. It's the show that we cover. Yeah. But when we get into our, our Patreon show, because Patreon, we try to keep it um, news-centric. There isn't a lot of Impact news all the time. Right. So then we, we start to dive into other topics, and we can riff on just about anything. Um, so I think any show that you give us, we could have a good time watching it, a good time talking about it. Impact in, Impact is, is kind of zany and stuff like that, so that does help. But, uh, you know, you're at, could we do a New Japan show? Uh, absolutely. We could probably do a New Japan show. Uh, we've actually covered AEW a lot on our podcast. And yeah. we've, and we've, and AEW, there's a lot to make fun of there. There's a lot of things <laughs> to dig into. Um, even though it is, you know, a, um, a more well put together show and it is a, a better book show than Impact a lot of times. And they have, obviously, they have a lot of big stars and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, we, we could absolutely do a good AEW show, but I think the the reason why we stick with Impact is because nobody else is doing an Impact show. Like Fightful just started theirs. Um, the, the Observer kind of stopped covering it years ago, and that was one of the reasons why I had an idea to actually do it. Um, and so there's not really that many people out there doing an Impact show, but everybody does an AEW show. And by the time they're by the time they're done listening to to uh, to Dave and Brian, um, Brian on Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, Matt Men fight game podcast. Like by the time, like I mean, by the time they get down to our level, get down to our show, it's like they've already heard a thousand different reviews. So we bring something different to the table, and we we bring um, a a fun dynamic to the wrestling podcast space. And uh, we're really a couple of meathead jocks just talking wrestling. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of what we like about it. And even if you're not a fan of Impact. You could you could still listen to our show and still like the show because we'll if, if you haven't watched the show we can, we'll explain to you what happened and we'll explain to you why what happened was good or why we thought it was bad and then why we thought it was hilarious and you'll get a lot of that with us. And I should have mentioned at the beginning, the evolution of your show went from we tried it on its own feed and mm -hmm. we realized that that was a little harder to do just from scratch and so. You originally started on the Patreon exclusively, and mm -hmm. then when we created the free feed, uh, which is where you can find the Fight Game Media Network on Apple and Spotify and all that, we gave an abridged version of your show in that feed. And so in the free feed is your impact review, and then in the Patreon, which, you know, because people have to pay uh, five bucks a month for it, you get the whole thing, obviously with no commercials, but then you guys go into the news, you go into other shows, you go into, mm -hmm. you know, things that are happening in the business, like Mandy Rose gets fired. Well, you may not hear <laughs> that necessarily in the impact review, but on the Patreon, you guys are definitely going to talk about it. So it is, it is not, it is brace for impact, but it is impact plus whatever the hell's going on in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Impact is the base, right? That's the basis of what we do. We we will talk and, and review the show, but um, it's no holds barred when we're going to get to Patreon. We'll talk about anything and everything. So if you if you like the conversations that we have on the free feed and or that you see on YouTube, 
Um, it's like times 10 when we get to the Patreon because we kind of we kind of let loose, right? There's not as many people listening on the Patreon, so we kind of let our guards down a little bit and kind of just go for it a lot of times. Uh, and thankfully, we haven't gotten so despicable that Garrett has decided to fire us yet, which could happen <laughs> at any moment. Um, we say we might say the wrong thing, so tune in for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys also do a segment called Brace for Debate, uh, which is a good you know sort of back and forth you don't necessarily always agree. There's going to be some things. And I don't know if you agree with this, but when you guys did your uh, 100th or 100th episodes show, I wanted to jump on with you and do a brace for debate. This was a this was a month and a half ago now. And this this brace this topic may not exactly be a, as topical today as uh, as it was, but I wanted to throw this at you because now I'm going to take a hard stance on this. I don't believe all of this, but if I came to you and said, Mike, Triple H and his booking is nothing other than taking Vince McMahon's blueprint without having the bad press. Vince McMahon's booking and Triple H's booking is the same. We just think of it as differently because Triple H isn't in trouble and Triple H isn't firing <laughs> people and yelling at people. And this is essentially the same thing that Vince would do. Would you agree or disagree with that? I I would partially agree, right? I don't completely agree um, because I think that Triple H learned from Vince McMahon. So a lot of the stuff he does is stuff that Vince would do, like that the guys that are on top are absolutely the guys that uh, Vince would be putting on top. However, comma, he does do things a lot differently. Uh, he put war games, right? Because Vince did not want anything to do with war games. He put that, um, he replaced a Vince creation in Survivor Series and essentially placed it with a Dusty creation in war games. That's not something that Vince would do. Um, Triple H is also not ripping up the script five minutes before the show and everybody's running around with their hair on fire all the time. That stuff's not happening. Uh, Vince McMahon never, ever in a million years would Vince McMahon have ever booked Johnny Gargano to look like a decent competitor on Raw. He would have been on, you know, main event or he would have been doing the things that Ricochet had been doing and Cedric Alexander have been doing for a long time. You know, a guy like Johnny Gargano is going to be able to come on the show and he's actually going to be treated with a little bit of dignity and maybe and seen kind of like a a, a a decent a decent level talent. So it's kind of a um, dick though as a baby face. That that's it's kind he, of weird how he comes across that way. Well I you know I think that you know he had a good run as a baby face on NXT, but after a while that got old and then where Johnny really got interesting is when he turned heel. And that's when really that character started to come about. I think he's probably turning heel. I think it's inevitable. Yeah he's a bit of a dick right now. I think that's a slow burn heel turn. Where I think ultimately that's what we get in twenty twenty three with Johnny Gargano and in my opinion that's the best version. Because I like little slap the leg, uh, Johnny, same face as Jim Cornette would call him, like uh, <laughs> kicking, kicking out of everything, and you know, five hundred super kicks a match, and and being super melodramatic, like you know, with some of the Tommaso Ciampa matches. Uh, you know, the first one was pretty good, and then after yeah. that, they just kind of they 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 turn into to gone with the wind after a while, you know, where it got to be way too much. So, uh, you know, that, that stuff was good and all, but I, I preferred uh, Johnny Gargano as a, as a, a mid card, funny heel. I don't think he's ever going to mm -hmm. be your main event guy, but that is just one example. Another example is he just brought back Jonah, right? Bronson yeah. Reed, who, uh, who we actually got to cover on impact. He was, he was in impact uh, starting in January and he did a great job for that company. Um, and they had him for like six months and then he was on his way. Um, a guy like that, I don't think Vince was ever really going to get behind. And so, so while yes, 
there is some Vince to Triple H. I do think that he has broadened his horizons a little bit more, and he's willing to do more outside-the-box stuff than Vince would be willing to do as of now. Cool. No, I, I like that. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about some Impact stuff. Yeah. Um, when you look at 2022, uh, we only have another 11 days left as, as of this recording. What would you consider to be Impact's best moment of the year? Like when you think back of the good that happened on Impact Television or, or with the company, uh, and, and and this doesn't have to, we don't have to kiss up to Lance Storm and say hiring Lance Storm. <laughs> yeah. uh, what what would you what would you consider to be the top moment? Uh, for me, the top moment was Josh Alexander beating Moose at Rebellion for the Impact World Heavyweight title um, because that was something that they had built up over a six-month period of time. And they did they did it doing so in a way that where they really pissed off a lot of people. You know, at Bound for Glory last year, um, Josh won the title from Christian Cage, made him tap out in the middle of the ring, and then immediately after, Moose cashed in his briefcase, and we were all pissed. And I was like, what a, what a nightmare, what a booking mistake. They left everybody on a sour note. I paid $40 for this. But what they were doing was telling this this slow burn a long story, a long term story that that eventually got paid off in April. And actually, like two months before that, Josh's contract expired, um, and his visa expired at the same time. So everybody thought that he had actually left the company, and there were reports suggesting that he might actually be gone. And then, of course, he ends up uh, showing back up on Impact Television out of nowhere. Resigned a three-year deal. He got to rebellion, and he beat Moose, and he beat Moose in a hell of a match. Um, so that would be that would be my my absolutely my my top moment. There's been some other cool moments. Um, AJ Styles did a video uh, for at Slammiversary earlier this year. That was really cool to see him. America's Most Wanted reunited after being apart for well over a decade. We got to see them have a match. Uh, the Briscoes showed up and had a tag team title run. The Kingdom showed up, had a tag team title run. We got to see uh, Frankie Kazarian have a, a run and go for the title there. Um, uh, lots of cool interaction with New Japan. Uh, we got to see Ishii go for the, the World Heavyweight title. Uh, Jay White was in the company. Tama Tonga and uh, Tonga Loa, they were in the company for a little bit. So a lot of, uh, a lot of people from uh, New Japan and, and AEW made their way in and out of the promotion. But uh, hands down, it's uh, Josh defeating uh, Moose at uh, Rebellion this year. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with kissing up to Lance. Like I, oh, I just make yeah. I, I just make sure that you know I, I want to do anything and everything to make sure he doesn't yell at Andrew and I when we do our live pal because he comes <laughs> on right a, after us. And you know if we're not out of there like seconds before we get the little little DM talking about hey <laughs> curtain jerkers main event's about to come on. <laughs> um, all right, so now let's look at the other side of things. W- what was like a, a really bad moment or? Because kind of the worst moment, I think, can can mean a couple of different things. But I guess twofold. What did you think was kind of like the worst moment? But also, what did you think was kind of a bad moment, but kind of memorable, kind of funny, kind of goofy? They may be the same thing. I I, I don't yeah. know. Um, so the the worst moment for me was, um, and this was really indicative of where we're going to see Impact go in 2023 was when um, it's not when Bully Ray returned to the company because I don't have, I didn't ever have a problem with Bully Ray returning to the company. Um, he was a he was a big star in TNA back in the day. He yes. was their top guy for a while, um, and they need guys that can bring a little bit of name name recognition. The worst moment for me was when he beat Steve Macklin at Bound for Glory clean in the middle and got the Call Your Shot trophy. Uh, that's Impact's version of the Money in the Bank um, briefcase. They get a trophy. Um, he beat Steve Macklin for that. And it really, what it told me is that, man, you know, 
AEW and WWE are in this war and they're signing up everybody, not only from the indies, but they're take they're poaching impact quite a bit. You yeah. know, since I would say since July, since Slammiversary, they've lost, you know, they've lost Morrissey, Mia Yim, the Good Brothers, OGK, Maria Canellis, uh, Vincent, and the uh, Chelsea Green. Uh, there's rumors that Matt Cardona is heading out. They just lost Eric Young. So, you know, Joe Doring left for, for a different reason, but Joe Doring left. So, um, they've lose they've lost star after star after star and there's nobody to backfill that star power so they had to reach out and pull in a, a guy like bully ray um and who to his credit is probably in the best shape i've ever seen him in um but still he's kind of a he's kind of a guy that's in his you know in his 50s an old ecw guy and he's still pulling the same heelish bullshit that he used to pull back in tna you know a lot of it's really cheap stuff and uh and now he's getting ready to main event a pay-per-view in uh, 2023 so it's kind of it shows you just where impact is in the landscape uh, when it comes to not only talent acquisition but talent retention, um, mm-hmm. they, they haven't really been able to do that because they can't compete with the money the WWE and AEW and even New Japan to an extent are offering right now. So that was that was my worst moment. And so the silliest moment that um, was very stupid that I can actually get a chuckle out of that that uh, JD cannot get a chuckle out of was when, um, <laughs> was when uh, Diener murdered Eric Young. Oh, yes. uh, this happened just a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, it was hokey. It was corny. It was very stupid. It was poorly acted. Greatly produced, by the way. Their production team is actually very good. Um, and, you know, Diener, uh, to, in a passing of the torch moment, Eric Young looked at Diener and said, just do it. And then Diener grabbed a shank and just stabbed him in a jail cell. And I have no idea why they were in prison. They just happened to be in prison. Um, and uh, basically murdered him and sent him uh, to WWE, where he's going to be working from now on. Um, I I don't... I. The overall effectiveness of the skit, I don't think it's going to bring in new viewers. It's not going to bring in new eyeballs. It sure is not going to sell any tickets. However, I do think it's funny that when someone leaves the company, instead of a loser leaves town match or firing them, you just kill them. I, I don't know why. Like when Ali, they did this to Ali a, a few years ago when she signed with AEW. It's like, oh, well, we could, we could, we could write her off. We could injure her. We can have her get feast or fired. Or we can send her to hell and Sue Young can stab her in the throat and she will die. And that's exactly what happened. And I thought that was pretty fun. I know Court wants to bring back Lucha Underground, but I don't know. Maybe Impact should bring back Lucha Underground. <laughs> hey, Impact's been doing that Lucha Underground stuff even before MLW restarted. Um, so because they, they started it with uh, with the the uh, what the what the Hardys were doing, the uh, that that whole thing. They they started yeah, yeah. that back in the day where they're doing kind of like some sci-fi type of magical stuff and then they brought in decay and they've kind of continued and every once in a while they they bring some of that element back and it doesn't always work and it's usually pretty bad but sometimes when they kill somebody it makes me laugh all right you mentioned 2023 outlook and you know talent the the roster you know may not be as as good as it was and you're right wwe and and aw are scooping up all talent even if they don't know what the hell they're going to do with them it's just like a you know we need to keep the people on our side because if they're not on our side, then they may go on the other side. Uh, do, do you think that they start to turn and give people who maybe they wouldn't give a shot to? Like, is this going to be, you know, because the indies have already been picked apart. And yeah. so, you know, maybe we see Impact grab some action Andretti's, you know, before they're ready to be action Andretti's just because 
they that you know maybe they could sort of create some stars there. Sometimes when that is the case, you're sort of forced to do it. But uh, what do, what do you think is going to happen there in in 2023 when it comes to the roster? Well, I think that they're going to be forced to do stuff like that because everybody that got fired during the pandemic that Impact brought in has essentially gone back. You take a look, you know, obviously, you know, Jonah, the Good Brothers, uh, Chelsea Green, and the list goes on and on, Eric Young, um, most recently. Um, they're all starting to go back, and they're not going to be able to turn down that uh, WWE money. Um, uh, there are rumors, like I said, Cardona's been oh, wait, rumored wait, wait, for— Wait, 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 Yeah. Jonah beat Okada. Oh, my gosh, yes. How <laughs> how dare you, Jonah? How dare you go make all of that money when we let you beat Okada? What a, what a dumb, dumb ghetto is for letting Jonah beat Okada without having that guy under contract. That's not Jonah's fault. If somebody comes to Jonah's like, hey, brother, do you want to beat Okada in Japan? Oh, yeah, sure. Will you sign this contract? No, I will not do that. I might, I might get the call from Papa H, and that's exactly what happened, so – Good for Jonah. He's making that cheddar. And and that's ultimately what the business is about, right? Make the most money while you can before you're before you're not able to do it anymore. Your window is very small of maximizing your money in this business and you got to do it. And so and sometimes that means you're probably not going to get booked very well, but you're going to go up to WWE and make all the money you can. Or like OGK uh, or the, the kingdom, you know, they went they 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 got that contract, the K H A N tracked contract, uh, with uh with AEW slash Ring of Honor, and they've had two matches I think since they've signed there back in October, right? So you you might be sacrificing some of your reps and some of your TV time, but you know, once you get you got to get that paycheck in in the in the mailbox every week. That stuff's important, especially when you got a family, and you got bills. If you're an adult, you need to go make the most money that you can. But back to what you were saying. You know what? What's going to be the strategy going forward? I think you're absolutely right. They got to look for those uh, action Andretti's. I Impact released a a video today on their YouTube Insiders, right? And they have these uh, promotional deals, all these independent promotions. Um, Sammy Callahan owns a promotion. I think they're out of Ohio. It's called the Pro Wrestling Revolver, mm-hmm. and they had a match with Steve Macklin, which is one of their guys, uh, versus Mance Warner versus uh, Crash. I think Crash Jackson is his name, and a guy called Manders, um, a cowboy guy. He does a cowboy gimmick, and they had a four-way um, hardcore match. And they they put that on their YouTube, and I was like, and I was looking at three guys that are unsigned that have a ton of charisma that can work in the ring a little bit. Those are the types of guys that they need to start looking at. They need to look at more Ace Austin or Ace Austin and Chris Bay versus waiting on the scrap heap for whenever you know WWE needs to get their their budget under control and they're cutting more guys because right now they're they're not doing that. So um, I I can see them going after guys like that. Um, John Morrison is still available. He was the world champion here. His wife works for the company right now. Um, I, that, that is somebody they could probably look at. I know Leah Rush is out there. Um, EC3 has ruined his brand completely. I don't think that they're actually even interested in him. <laughs> they did bring him in uh, at the beginning of, uh, uh, whenever he got released back in 2020, he did exactly one match. It was completely terrible and they have not even sniffed at him again. But, um, so th- there are some like bigger name talents out there that they could go for. But I think, it, you know, there's more value. You're going to get more return on your investment by grooming a, a younger star that doesn't have the notoriety because guess what? Whenever they did have all these guys from ring of honor and they brought in Jay white and they brought in, you know, Frankie Kazarian, they weren't exactly, you know, hitting home runs at the box office. They weren't exactly hitting home runs in the ratings. So 
you know, I think it, you could try it out with some of these fresher guys, build them up a little bit, and then get them to to where you know you could probably make a little bit more money because that overhead's going to be low, especially if you're not going inc- to the ticket sales aren't going to increase anyway, right? So you weren't knocking them dead no matter what. So you bring in guys that are a little bit cheaper, and that that money's going to stay the same. Your profits are going to go up. It's just business, and they and I think that's what they got to do. And the frustrating thing I would imagine is you build up somebody and you actually create mm-hmm. somebody and you're essentially setting them up to go somebody somewhere else at some yeah. point because of where the money yeah. is, like you said. So that's got to be like a little the, frustrating with the, with the business plan. It's like being the Oakland A's, right? <laughs> like you're, you're going to, you're going to groom these talent. And then when their contracts come due, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get the giants and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs and the Red Sox all coming for them. But that's, at least you can trade those guys and, and, and yeah. get some, some picks, which unfortunately for, Impact, uh, you know that they 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 could make some deals with with what? companies like like they've done right. in, in the past with AEW and New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, you know outside of that, uh, it, it seems like it's it's going to be you know really really having an eye for for some of that that indie talent. Uh, what would you say now? I think now that you reminded me when when you and uh, when you and JD came on. The whole AEW partnership, mm-hmm. uh, when you look back at that, Kenny Omega on the television, Christian on the television, what, I mean, they got some, they definitely got an increase in, in, in eyeballs, w- w- uh, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you know, how would you grade that that time frame? I mean, was it was it worth it? Was it not really that big of a deal at the end of the day? You know, we I guess you got to see Tony Khan do heel promos. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like how how would you how would you look back and, and grade that time frame? I I I don't you know probably like a C because it felt like there was potential to be more. You know, I honestly thought that AEW. Um, drop the ball on that one, and because you you had you had impact, and AEW has all these young stars that they could have been sending to Impact to get those extra reps, and they could have been working th- like kind of like what WWE used to do with ECW back in the day, where they would send Al Snow and Just Incredible and these guys and say, oh, you know what, look, we we don't have anything for you right now. We got you under contract. We're going to send you over here. Why don't you go get a character? Why don't you go get some more reps? And why don't you go workshop that around? And when you get it over, we'll bring you back. And I thought that was something that AEW could have done. But it they always treated AEW or AEW kind of always treated Impact like they were beneath them. Mm-hmm. right? Like they didn't really want to promote the Impact show on the AEW show. They would talk when the Impact stars would come on. They would briefly mention that that they're from Impact, but they wouldn't really tell you how to, how to find them. And and. You know, everybody's like, well, why would Tony Khan do that? Well, it's because you're you're a partner. You're working with these guys. You know, it's like it doesn't hurt you to do stuff like that. Um, and uh, on the other hand, a, a Impact kind of went above and beyond, I thought, to kind of promote the other brand. And and I know that we're talking levels like Impact and domestically. Anyway, Impact has about a tenth of the viewership of, of that of Dynamite. But I still thought that they dropped the ball. I thought that um, AEW could have, you know, I thought, you know, private party could have spent a lot more time in impact, but they came, they went to one taping and they, they got a victory and then they never came back. Um, you know, I thought they could have done some more stuff like that. 
you know, the Kenny Omega stuff kind of went with a whimper because he ended up losing the title on on AEW TV versus Impact TV, and he lost it to an AEW star. But we did get to get Christian back in Impact, and I thought that was kind of cool. So it's like, hey, we didn't get the Josh Alexander-Kenny Omega match that that had been getting teased on television, um, but we did get Christian back on Impact, and I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. But by the time that that happened. You know, everybody was so underwhelmed with the AEW involvement and impact that we were kind of just over it, I would say. Um, and so it, it, it lost its novelty. And then once Christian once Christian Cage left, it was no no real big deal. And look, and I'm a big Frankie Kazarian fan, but you know, they they brought him in quite a bit this year and it has a it didn't really do anything for box office or for ratings or anything like that. So um yeah, I, I just I felt like it was cool to see Omega. It was cool to get, you know, they got the they got the initial ratings bump, which didn't last that long. They got the pay-per-view bump, and that was cool. But by the time Impact brought fans back, they had lost Omega, and um, they didn't really get the full benefits of having a guy like that on your show. It just kind of went with a whimper. All right, so let's uh, let's bring this back uh, to the overall wrestling scene here. When you look back on 2023, what is your favorite non-Impact moment in pro wrestling? Oh. My favorite non-impact moment would be Steve Austin coming back at WrestleMania to wrestle Kevin Owens. I just I I grew up a big Steve Austin fan. My first event ever that I ever went to was the Raw after Royal Rumble in 1998, and at the in Fresno, California, and had the big confrontation between Mike Tyson and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I am a Steve Austin guy. I love him. Um, so seeing him come back at uh, at WrestleMania to take on Kevin Owens, then of course the Cody Rhodes moment I thought was really cool. Um, and in AEW. For me, even though it's, you know, Ring of Honor or WWECW is kind of what we call it, um, the double dog collar match, I love that one because FTR and the Briscoes are my two favorite tag teams, so getting to see them do that, I, I, I really enjoyed. All right, so before we get out of here, um, I just wanted to, to mention again, uh, patreon.com front slash fight game media to hear the full experience with uh with mike and jd and if you want if you want to go subscribe to the free network which any apple spotify all that stuff just search for fight game media in your in your uh wherever you listen to, to podcasts and you can also hear uh the partial version the impact review of brace for impact uh but yeah man thanks for doing this i i wanted to Make sure that we showed Impact some love because, like I said, not that many people talk about. It. I'm sure Lance talks about it on a little bit on on his stuff because he does he, work. There. You know, he he does, but he can't. And and uh, I don't know if Lance is ever going to hear this. I understand why you don't talk about Impact that much on your show because he works there. He's probably yeah. he only talks about. You know, he can't. He's not really going to criticize his own podcast. Sure. So I think everybody thinking that he should do that or thinking he's a hypocrite for not doing that. You guys are full of it. He can't do that. <laughs> that would be inappropriate. That'd be like me coming onto your show and talking shit about my boss. You know, yeah. um, here, here, here in a while, like, I can't. You can't do stuff like that. So let everybody leave Lance alone. So <laughs> he's taking a lot of stuff for because man, AEW fans are pretty sensitive. Uh, and I thought Impact fans were very sensitive, and they are. Man, they they have taken me to task for some of my critiques but boy oh boy man you you say anything negative about aew they try to come at you like you're like like you're if you attack their their favorite wrestling promotion it's like attacking their family member and it is mind-bogglingly stupid like uh, in a, a criticism of a wrestling promotion is not a critique of you dummies <laughs> well you don't have to worry about this audience because john and i 
are critical about Dynamite. And yeah. so I think the people who like our reviews are a little bit open-minded about the pluses and, and the negatives uh, of the show. So you don't have to worry about this audience being sensitive <laughs> about AEW critiques. But uh, yeah, thanks again. Uh, so uh, for John and for Mike, listen to Brace for Impact. You, got, you will get a kick out of it. Uh, he and JD are extremely entertaining together. Uh, I'm Double G. And we will see you when we see you. Peace out.